Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best, can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Carlos Reyes. Carlos is a symbol of the American dream, immigrating to the US from Mexico with his mother and growing up poor after deciding to quit a 14-year corporate job in 2015 to pursue the dream of building his own real estate investment company. And with the help of his partner, Sal Shakir, they started National Cash Offer and Offer Key. Both companies consistently produce six figures each month, and they've diversified into some 27 businesses. Seven of them are grossing seven figures per year through their proprietary scaling systems. Super excited to have you on the show, Carlos. There's going to be so much value, and I'm looking forward to picking your brain around you know, what it's taken you to get success and, and how, how I can model some of that, but definitely my audience as well. So uh, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think this was long overdue, right? <laughs> We've been trying to uh, make it happen for quite some time. And I'm just, I'm glad to be here, man. And I cannot wait to dive deep into, you know, some of the subjects and topics that people need to, uh, to hear. And actually not only hear, knowledge isn't power. A lot of people say knowledge mm -hmm. is power. No, the execution of that knowledge yeah. is the power. So uh, I really hope that after this show, people take some of the content from this show and actually apply it to their daily lives, God willing. Yeah, I think that to jump in real quick, I think it's a it's a really good distinction because this idea of knowledge is power was probably true when we didn't have access to so much knowledge. And so it was you get the knowledge because then if you're hungry enough to go out and get the knowledge, mm -hmm. you're probably hungry enough to actually go and do the work. And so there wasn't this this delineation between the two of them. Now that we've all got phones and the internet and knowledge is everywhere, knowledge is, is a commodity. It, it's yeah. everywhere. It's about your ability to execute on it. And if you don't have the knowledge, uh, you know, it's almost your own fault because it's everywhere. And the separating factor now is what are you going to do with that uh, to actually get a result? So tell us a bit about your background. I know that, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily the, the easiest upbringing. You've taken that and you've used it and you've applied that knowledge yourself. Tell us uh, sort of where you were at and where you're at now. So we've got some context. You know, my, my background, uh, rather, I, I was born in uh, uh, Hermosillo, Sonora, Mexico, uh, which is a northern state in the country of Mexico. And um, it's a city and we couldn't afford to live there. So uh, we had to migrate down south about two hours outside of that city, which is a small port, Guayma, Sonora. Um, we went there and, uh, you know, we're pretty poor. When I say poor as dirt, like our house that my grandfather built for us, uh, we used, it was it was my mother, myself, my brother, and uh, my grandma and grandpa. The house that he built was literally made out of plywood and uh, and, and and wood, like four by fours, right? And then laminate roofing with the dirt floor. We had uh, absolutely no running water uh, for for my first, I would say, until the sixth grade. So no running water, no electricity. My mother and my grandmother they would actually wash our clothes and a washing board in the back, right? And, and the way that we would get our water is there was a truck that would come around every week with big old water, like jugs, big old water, blue water containers. And that's how we would have to purchase our water. And then we would grab those containers and put them in the front yard. And we would grab water from there to, you know, wash our clothes and, and wash ourselves, right? So um, that, that was my first you know, several years of my life. And uh, we had no running electricity for a very long time either, because in Mexico, where I lived, it cost money to put together power lines and posts to run electricity to, to your house. So most of the kids in, in my neighborhood, you know, I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough. That, yeah, I didn't have running water. Yeah, I didn't have electricity. But I was fortunate enough to have shoes, 
a lot of kids in my neighborhood didn't have shoes. You know, when we would go play soccer, they actually played barefoot. <laughs> they had like the, the toughest, toughest feet you can ever think of. Like these people, they, they can probably walk on glass if you told them to, you know? So that was where I was born. That was where I was raised. And uh, one day my mother said, Hey, man, my, my mother, she's, she's a visionary, you know, she's a visionary. And, and I'll tell you, she's an entrepreneur by nature. And I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you why the principles inside her that I came to find out, you know, once I became of age, you know, she was a visionary for one, she was a visionary. She said, you know what? There's absolutely no future here for my children. So I'm going to have to make a sacrifice. We're all going to have to make some sacrifices. I'm going to leave my children with grandma and grandpa for a few years. I'm going to take the trick up North. Uh, he, she came up to the United States of America and uh, she started working in the fields in, in, in America. And then she got a residency through amnesty because she was working the fields. They gave her amnesty. They gave her paperwork to, to, to be here legally. So after two years, she came back down and grabbed, grabbed us, grabbed her children. We came through a sewer system the first time uh, through uh, Tijuana, Mexico, came through a sewer system into California through the border of Tijuana. And then we lasted about a year, year and a half. It was way too expensive because, you know, she decided to bring both of her kids right there and then, and it didn't work out financially. We, uh, we failed. So we went back to, back to Mexico, back to Mexico. And this time my, my first entrepreneur job that I ever had, I was five years old and I was selling door-to-door bread. I was literally selling bread door-to-door in Mexico. Well, now, you know, we went to America. We got to, we got a little taste of, you know, the land of milk and honey. We were like, holy, they got grass, running water, electricity, buildings, right? Like, holy smokes, like what is going on here, right? Well, we got a little taste of that. We failed, went back to Mexico. And now I was, uh, I had to, uh, I became a, ba- a grocery bagger. Like I was literally in the sixth grade and I was bagging groceries for a living because my mom was now working, uh, cleaning hotel rooms. And I started bagging groceries because we had a plan. And that plan was to get out of Mexico for the second time get to Phoenix, Arizona, where I am today, right? This is my building. I actually bought this multi-million dollar building in December of 2019. So our goal was to get back here. What we would do with my mother's money is we would pay the, the day-to-day stuff, you know, food and stuff like that. Mm. And then with my money, we would save my money so she can get back on the bus, have a little bit of wiggle room as far as, you know, the money goes when she got back to Phoenix. So she left us for another two years. And, um, uh, Finally, she brought me first. Uh, the second time I came through a fence in Nogales, Sonora, uh, border of Nogales, Arizona. I snuck through that fence. Uh, well, a, a coyote, she paid a, a man that we didn't even know. She paid him $25. And, uh, and I snuck through. This is now I'm in the eighth grade. And she, he snuck me through a fence. And then she waited for me on the other side, contraband me up to Phoenix from Nogales, uh, from the border. And uh, then she started working on my paperwork in 1997. And then I became a citizen of this great country in 2012. So it took us a very long time for me to become a citizen of this country. And, uh, and here I am now, you know, here I am now I'm trying to make the most out of it. I'm really trying to make the most out of it. I'm trying to Mm. make her proud. I retired her in 2017. That was about four years ago. March of 2017 is when I retired my mother, just three short years after becoming a full-blown entrepreneur. uh, I said, mom, I came home one day. I said, mom, you never have to worry about a dollar ever again. You know, I'm going to take care of everything for you for the rest of your life. I am your retirement plan. Right now, she's in Mexico, visiting Mexico. And, you know, now she visits Mexico because she's retired. Like, she doesn't need anything. I take care of everything for her. And God willing, I always, you know, 
for the rest, she's 60. She's born in 1957. So she's about 64 years old for the rest of her life. I don't, God willing, she never has to worry about anything ever again when it comes to economics. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's crazy dude, because, you know, I'm here in New Zealand and, and, and we don't have these kind of conversations, you know what I mean? Like this is not a, it's not a thing. And, um, it's amazing what you've created with it, but underlying that I think is something that we all can, can take from is like, you got to have real strong vision. You know exactly what you want. Super clear. You got to have real strong reasons why, and then you can make it happen. And so any people who are, who are bitching about various things that make life hard, it's like, let's get some perspective. There are people like yourself who are crushing it beyond reasonable odds that most people experience and having success. And I think that it comes down to very clear outcome, very clear reasons why, and you, you just got to make it happen. Use that on a daily basis in terms of getting myself to, to move forward and, and gamifying success for myself by thinking about my kids, my family, et cetera, creating strong reasons why. Uh, and I think that if we don't have those inherently, we have to create them because as humans, we're, we're driven by that sort of thing. And you're in a situation that, that forced you guys to step up or Thank you you know, there's going to yeah, be some we, issues. We've been through, I would never uh, allow my children, and, and it's not my mother's fault. You know, she didn't do anything wrong. She did what she had to do, right? I got an eight-year-old daughter. I got a two-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, I can never imagine ever like them going through what I had to go through as a, as a child. You know, I didn't have yeah. a child. I've actually had mm-hmm. to do a lot of work uh, with personal development coaches and life coaches for me to actually face those demons that I had um, programming-wise when I was growing up. And again, None of this was my mother's fault. She had, she did what she had to do. You know, she abandoned us twice. She had to, or else I wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? So I had to, I, I've had to peel back the layers of that onion uh, over the past several years. Uh, once I started making good money and I can actually spend $10,000, $15,000 a month on, you know, personal development coaching. Um, on, I got coaches now, you know, I've got several coaches, one, one coach in Florida, one coach in uh, Arizona. And um, it's something that I had to work through, you know, because I, I was carrying a lot of that trauma and baggage as far as the adversity that uh, I had to go through. And it's funny that you mentioned some of these principles, you know, what it takes to be successful. Remember, I was telling you that my mother, in my opinion, was was an entrepreneur without her even knowing she was an entrepreneur, because my five principles to becoming a successful entrepreneur is principle number one is is, is just to reiterate what you said, right? Principle number one is making a decision, making Mm. a decision on what it is that you want out of this life, this short, Mm. this short life, right? That's principle number one. Principle number two is being committed to that decision. And that's something that I believe my mother, she made a decision and she committed to that decision. And then principle number three is sacrifice. My mother made every sacrifice in the book. And so did we as children. And so then my grandfather and my grandmother who were taking care of us at that time and principle number four is work ethic. My mother has worked two, three jobs at the same time, eight twenty-five an hour is the most she's ever made. She doesn't speak English to this day. And yet, you know, her son became a multimillionaire and retired, her, you know, so work ethic. I learned a lot of my work ethic from watching her work her butt off and principle number five, which is something I believe that was the strongest principle inside my mother, this perseverance. She never gave up. She never gave up. And I think that uh, that programmed me in some way to not give up. I didn't give up. She didn't give up. Like, right. It's like my mother who doesn't speak English and she's a single mom. They didn't give up. 
why, why would I give up? You know? So here we are. Uh, I learned those five principles from my mother and uh, I'm forever grateful. Let's talk about sacrifice for a second. I think that we often don't look at what we're trying to achieve relative to where we are and realize that I'm not going to get there with my current situation, current mm-hmm. status, current work ethic, current anything, current mm-hmm. strategies. Because if, if I was going to, then I would already be there. I'd already have the knowledge. I'd already be doing the stuff. I'd already have it. So when we're looking at in terms of sacrifice, we have to sacrifice, but not necessarily in a negative way. We're not going, oh, I'm a victim with my sacrifice. We are instead cutting off the stuff that is holding us back or slowing us down or preventing us from from having what we want. So when we look at it, it's like you have to be willing to sacrifice something to shift your position. If I'm, uh, I'll give you an example. My boat sinks and there's an island just there and I'm on a sinking boat. Now the boat's probably going to keep going down. I'm not going to get anywhere and I may die, but there's some security right now. There may be sharks. I might die drowning to get to the island. I have to sacrifice the little bit of comfort and security that I have on this boat to get to the next place. Because if staying on the boat was going to help me succeed, then I would be already succeeding and or feeling a progression towards it. And I think that too many people look at sacrifice as a victim instead of looking at it as a trade-off. It's a consequence. There's, there's consequences in, in everything. If I choose to you know, be financially successful, there's a consequence that I may not be able to play in the sports teams with my friends while I'm in video games or what to go to the bars, go to the, bars, yeah. go to the clubs, uh, you know, hang out. Uh, absolutely. And we'll, we'll get into some of those sacrifices. And again, these five principles as easy as they sound, think about the 97% of society, mm. the 97% of society that is like middle income or poverty level, right. Or even below poverty level. They're misfiring on one of those principles at some point. In their lives, you know, most of them haven't made a decision. That's the first thing, right? And if someone who wants something, most of them aren't committed to what they want. So at some point, you know, one of those principles misfires, and that's 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 why you know people like myself only make up three percent of the entire world, three percent of the entire world. You know what I mean? So I want people to really understand, you know, the weight behind those principles out there. Is like, I want people to really self-reflect and evaluate themselves right now as they're listening and say, man, have I made a decision on what it is that I really want out of this life? You know, have I committed? Have I committed to becoming successful? Right. Mm. Have I made the sacrifices? Has I, have I chosen growth over comfort? Because you can't have both. Mm. It's either, it's either growth or comfort. There's no in between. There's no in between. And they, and they don't like each other, right? Comfort and growth. They don't, they don't align. They don't align. Right. So that's principle. Number three is, is, is sacrifice. And principle number four is like, are are you really like, can you sit here? Right. Can you sit here and be honest with yourself? Are you putting in the work? Are you working for someone else for six, eight hours a day? And then you go home and do nothing for yourself. You get on Netflix, you watch the, you know, you watch the football game, whatever, right? Are you putting in the work like self-awareness and self-honesty and self-accountability? Man, those are three powerful, powerful components that can make, that can really help propel an entrepreneur. And then, you know, to some of these folks, have they given up perseverance, right? Have they quit? It's kind of like that book, Three Feet from Gold, 
right? Yeah. Some people are like, they grind, they grind, they grind, they grind, they grind, and they fall just a little short and they quit right before that big break comes, right before things turn around. And that's why I really love those five principles that I put together from my personal life experience and business experience. So I really want people out there to reflect right now and take a look at those five principles and see where they fall. If they're falling short, are they complying? Are they aligning? So I wanted to make sure that the listeners out there the, understood the, I'll just repeat them for everyone so you can take notes. You've got make a decision, stay committed, sacrifice, work ethic, and perseverance or never giving up. I think an interesting point that I want to make around this is that it doesn't say in there, have the right strategies, know how to do it, mm-hmm. find mentors, et cetera, et cetera. Nope. Not because you don't need them, but because if you're doing this, mm-hmm. everything else will come into play. I think that on top of that, when you talk about you know three feet from gold, right? A lot of people think, well, if I'm three feet from gold and, I'm, and, and I've been doing this for 50 years, you know, when is the point that I give up? And I think that, and, and realize that never. it's not working. And I think that never. that's the, yeah. Never. Because yeah, never. in pursuit of trying to get there, you're going to find different pathways. It's not linear. As you keep going, you keep hitting this rock. You think to yourself, well, I have to adapt my strategy. I have to change my approach as Tony Robbins talks about, right? I have to look for a different avenue. If this thing I'm doing repeatedly is not producing my outcome, I'm not progressing shift, but that doesn't change the level of commitment, sacrifice, work ethic, or perseverance. It's just about saying, I'm never going to give up because the moment you give up, you guarantee uh, you're done. That, that is when you fail. That is when you, when you quit, that's the, that is when you fail. That's the only time you can say, man, I failed. If you don't quit, there's no way you can fail. And if you don't quit success or your ideal destination of where you're trying to get to, right? Success does become inevitable. You're going to get there at some point. It could be in the next three years. It can be in the next 10 years, right? You got guys like uh, Annie uh, Annie Frusella. They look at guys like that. And I've been around Andy. I was actually on this podcast. And you look at a guy like that and you're like, man, this guy's worth a few hundred mil and he's built like one of the biggest companies out there, first form in the nutrition world. And he's been at it for 22 years. Mm. You see what I'm saying? 22, it didn't happen in two years. That's the thing with a lot of a lot of these modern like entrepreneurs and moguls. It, it's like instant gratification for them. If it doesn't happen in three months, it's like, oh, this isn't working. I'm done. Like, where's the grit? Where's that old school, like never die me- mentality? People like an Andy Frisella. People like an Ed Milet. People like Tony Robbins. People like myself. You know what I mean? Mm. Where is that at? That does, that's almost non-existent. Why? Because of social media. Social media, you see all the glamour and you see the jets and you see the Lambos and, you know, you see the nice watches and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, if I don't get that in the next three months and I, I'm, I'm quitting. Right. I mean, people have a, this, this facade of what what entrepreneurship is. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. No, you're not. What have you been through? What have you built? You see what I'm saying? 100 percent. People have it all 100%. wrong. brother. I think that when when we're progressing with something and we're looking at how we measure it, it's going to dictate whether or not we're going to feel a lot of extra pressure and it's going to be hard work or it's going to be easy work. So for me, initially, you know, we want to make money and money matters until it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter real quick because you get to a certain point you're like, oh, cool. Absolutely. Another watch, another car. But I think that once you, you have to almost experience that to know it because everyone can tell you that money doesn't matter. But when you're broke or you're struggling or that's you're you think for about. fulfillment from it, you, that's, that's all you, you think about. about and you obsess. And then you yeah, get to a certain day. point you realize, but I think that 
and when we're talking about success, like success doesn't mean I have to make a certain amount of money. I think you might get into it like that, but I think that success from this comes when you start to realize the growth and progression that you're making in your general life. Who I am now compared to a year ago, two years ago is dramatically different because I'm put into situations like this, having this interview with you, for example, which gets me to constantly improve myself, constantly think about things differently, reinvent myself, understand my direction. And so as I'm going, I'm already, I'm already successful because of the fact that I'm progressing myself and I'm growing. I'm a better father. I'm Success a better leaves clues. Yeah. Success leaves clues. Like I can sit here now and tell somebody, give somebody some of the best advice in their life. You ready? It's not hard to make your first million. It took me, what, two and a half, three years to make my first million dollars in business. That's not the hard part. That's not the hard part. You know what the hard part was? Becoming the person that was capable of making a million dollars. That's the hard part. Yeah. That's the hard part. And what does that mean, right? For everybody out there, what does that mean? Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks out there do not understand that language, mm. right? It means that you have to constantly, constantly grow, improve yourself. Because guess what? Then, right, you become successful, right? Success. Money chases success. Money chases value. But how are you going to become a successful person? How are you going to become a person of significance? How are you going to become a person of value? One day at a time, one book at a time, one Mm -hmm. podcast at a time, right? One course at a time, one seminar at a time, one day at a time, but every single day, you know, every single day. So you have to become a millionaire before you can actually become a millionaire. And I hope people understand that. I, I hope I broke that down good enough. Uh, I liken it when I was, I was teaching, you know, I'm a chiropractor by trade and we run a chronic pain clinic and I still have the clinic. And when I was talking with clients, they'd say, I'm going to go play sports to, to get fit. And I was like, no, no, you got to get fit to play sports. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, if you go and play sports, you're going to get injured and never perform at the proper level and things like that. You have to get fit to play the sport if you want to play it seriously. Otherwise you're just mucking mm-hmm. around. And even if you're not playing serious, you're opening yourself up to injuries because you're not playing it right. You're not playing it well. And uh, it's it's the same in, in business. It's the same in relationships. It's the same in whatever you want is whatever you're doing right now is either helping you get to where you want to be or it's hindering you. And most of us are not doing the right things. And so we can't actually get to where we want to get to because we're not creating this opportunity for it to manifest. I'll, I'll say it a different way. The success is already there. You're just figuring out the path to it. And part of that path is who you are and the actions you take. And if what you were doing right now was helping you get to where you wanted to be, you'd probably already be there. It'd be a hell of a lot easier and you'd have more certainty. If you're having doubts, if you're unsure, if you're not, if you're trying, you're not really getting there, then you are not becoming the person who's going to receive the success. You're not creating that person. And it's just like what you said about um, you can now invest, you know, six figures in coaches, trainers, my personal right? development. Because what you've done is you've said, who does this person need to be? How do they need to be to have success? And you're thinking about all well, the way that I think about it, at least is I'm thinking about myself in the third person. I've got this person that I'm trying to help get to there. I've got this business that I'm trying to help get to there. I would invest in that. And I talk about it all the time. Like I've got people that, that cook and clean. I've got people that help me look after my kids and, and educate them at home. Um, we go on trips. We do these different things, not just for me, and most of it's not for me. It's for the business. It's for my clients because 
James needs to be facilitated to enable James to be the person that he needs to be to achieve the thing that he's wanting to achieve. And I don't think people understand that. They don't reverse engineer it. They don't go, what is millionaire James? What is successful James? What is good husband, good father James think, believe and act? Does he watch Netflix instead of hanging out with his kids? Does he, you know, get overweight and unfit so he can't run around with them? Does he, you know, not feel good about himself so that he can't give energy to his wife and he's looking mm. for her to constantly mm. validate him? It's like, mm. you got you to build yourself into the person that would have that. You oh, yeah. can't just get it. It doesn't work like that. Energy, right? Energy. Energy exceeds everything. And uh, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in energy. Like, you know, here, here I am where I've been up since three in the morning. I have a huge event this weekend. I got 700 people from all over the country flying in. And the only reason why it's not a thousand is because the venue due to COVID restrictions is that's all we can fit. I got 700 people flying in from all over the country. I got the top speakers in the country when it comes to the real estate investing, single family residential space that's happening Friday and Saturday. So I knew like my bags are, I got like, I literally flew from the plane. My bags are literally right there. I'll show you. There it is. I just came straight from the plane here, right? And guess what, guys? Do I have to do that? I'm already a multimillionaire. Do I have to do that? No, I don't have to, but I want to. Mm. You know, I want. I want to. Why? People are people are counting on me. I got my my entire team, my staff here counting on me. You know, I got my family counting on me. I got 700 plus people counting on me for this weekend, right? So I'm doing everything in my power to have enough energy to serve not only myself, I take care of myself first, right? Self-care for sure. But I'm doing everything in my power to have the energy to serve and to show up my best version to everybody. I don't, I don't, I want to give everybody the absolute best that I have, not, not the rest that I have. I want to give them the best that I have. So that's what it's all about. You know, energy, energy exceeds everything. I, I was going to say that I find it funny when I hear this, but, but when I say that for me, it's more of like an ironic thing. It's more that I'm, I'm sad when I hear this, when people talk about, for example, Elon or, or Jeff Bezos, and they're saying, you've got so much money. Like, why are they still doing this? How do you get up in the morning? You got so much money. How do you get up in the morning they're, they're and go and work? Yeah. And it's like, cause it's not the money. And if that's your view of things, you're never going to have it because you're seeing it the wrong way. If you're getting out of bed to make the money, you're going to give up real quick. I see this in sales stuff, Right. They're into it. They want to make money, but any good employee contractor has to be in it for the vision of what you're doing and what you're creating and who they're becoming, not mm-hmm. making the money. Cause real quickly, if it's just about the money, you stop showing up in the right way. And that fades. That, that fades, fades really quickly. Money goes down. You externalize the reasons why blame everything. And then you quit. And we see it all the yeah. time. It's like, you can't be about, it can't be about the money. And if it's about the money, you're not going to get it. And that's, that's the thing. Like you got to be obsessed with the achievement. You got to be obsessed with, with the growth. <laughs> Your why has to be much bigger than, than the money because you're going to plateau very quickly. Uh, once you become successful, you will plateau. You will stop growing if it's about the money. I mean, again, uh, I believe our company first hit uh, uh, you know seven figures plus our first company, which is our real estate flipping company. It hit seven figure plus in 2016. And you know, for mo- 99% of people in the country, I think that, oh, well, we're good. You know, we made a million plus, two million, four million, five million rights figures. We're good. We don't have to launch other companies. We don't have to hire more people. We don't have to continue to grow, you know, parallel and vertically, you know, we can just sit here and be fine, you know, be fine. That's not us. The money got old. Imagine, imagine chasing money your entire life, right? Because that's something we all do. We all like, man, I want to have the nice car. I want to have the big house. 
the businesses, you know, the everything, right? But then that fades in three to four months. And then what? And then what? That's when your that's when your real why kicks in. Wait a minute. Yeah, the money's cool, but you know what? I'm I'm doing this for something bigger. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this to change the financial trajectory of my family because I was dirt poor and everybody before me has been dirt poor, right? I'm doing this to build long-term wealth. I'm doing this to impact lives. I'm doing, you know, there has to be a, a good why or else, you know, again, it has to be purposed. There has to be purpose involved because that money is going to fade and that motivation is going to fade uh, very quickly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the reason why people like, you know, you got, you, you have no shoes and you, your feet hurt and all you dream about is having shoes and then you get shoes and then you complain that your shoes are not some nice yeah. brand shoes. And then you or, or now you complain about not having a nice shirt, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, right. So it's something else. Right. So, mm. uh, I think that, uh, you know, people out there, you know, their, their perspective is, is, is a little, little twisted. Their perspective is a little twisted, you know, in my opinion, in my respectful opinion, I think people need to first and foremost, start trying to produce positive thoughts and, uh, try to try to actually, you know, empower yourself as much as you can, even if you're the only person rooting for yourself, right. Um, empower yourself and start to entertain some of those powerful thoughts, those positive thoughts. And more importantly, you know, people out there have to remember there's a book, one of the first books I ever read, you know, back in like 2013, 2014, it was called secret to the millionaire mind by T. Har Becker, my, my favorite book. It changed my life. And, uh, T. Har Becker, the author, you know, he said, Hey, you know, your thoughts, you know, your thoughts become emotions and your emotions become actions. So people out there really need to be aware of what they're thinking about all day, because those thoughts do become feelings and those feelings become actions, you know, and, and even if you reverse engineer it, right. If you go, okay, well, what's the action that's just taking, what am I doing today? What am I physically doing today? You can reverse engineer and be like, oh, that's why I'm doing this because I got that feeling, you know, and, and I got that thought in my head, right. Uh, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So uh, people really need to focus on what they're thinking about all day. And if you're just thinking about money all day, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to track it. When you're making money decisions, you you make dumb decisions. You you cut costs, you cheap out, you yeah. make the decision that gets you the cash in the short term, but then you get extra work and stress and emotion in the long term. You don't fire clients that you shouldn't have because they're a pain in the ass and they affect you. Mm -hmm. You accept anybody instead of accepting the right ones. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things you do. You don't go on holiday because you are going to save money and then you can go and make some more money. And it's like, for what? Which I did that lose for a the emotion. I did, I did that a lot as well. Yeah, you, lose, you lose the, the positive emotion, which actually empowers you to get the success. And I think that it comes down to, well, two points I want to make. One, because most of us are, uh, are programmed with this belief of we have to get money. And when we don't, we don't feel good. And we look at people who are successful and think, well, they have money um, and they like money and I like money and I want money and I'm not getting it. And the only way to justify that, partly from society and culture, is to say that they must have taken it. The rich have taken this wealth away. Like there's only six oranges. Uh, that's and unbelievable, yeah. Now yeah. there's less oranges here for me to have and that's why mm -hmm. I don't have any oranges. Versus saying actually it's infinite. You've got to create more value because when you understand the game, you play it properly. And there's a reason why all of us 
who are at certain levels of success are saying the same thing constantly. It's constantly mentioned on the show. And I love it. And I always bring it up because people need to hear it multiple times. It's like, there's a reason why we talk about uh, your emotion. There's a reason why we talk about your vision. There's a reason why we talk about uh, who you're around and what you listen to. And because it's, it's the truth. And wealth is a mindset, just like poverty. Uh, broke is a situation, right? But yeah. being poor is a mindset and being rich, wealthy is a mindset because of how you see things. I, I, Again, Different I actions. might have might have grew up in poverty, but my mind wasn't poor. You know, my mind wasn't poor for sure. And I can tell you, you know, back to that reference you said about the oranges, right? Where people think like, oh, there's only about six oranges and all the rich dudes took the oranges. No, the rich dude or the entrepreneur, he planted the damn tree. And then once that tree gave oranges, he went up there and grabbed the oranges. Then he made it into orange juice and then he sold it. See that? That, that, you know, something that most people aren't willing to do. 97% of people are not. You ate the orange and I took the seeds out and planted them. That's the, yeah, ex- right. It's orange like, tree. You know, mm-hmm. most people aren't willing to do that. They don't want, they, they just want the orange, right? They just mm-hmm. want to, they want the finished product. They don't actually want to, they don't want to go through the process and the pain, you know, and, and, and the, the growth part of it. And, and that's why people, people are where they are, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why some of us are where we are. Thank God, you know, so. I just wanted to refer back to the reference you made because I feel like it was necessary. Yeah, hundred percent. I think once you once you realize that there is a a fence that you can just hop over, and it's like, cool, I'm on the belief side of like I deserve oranges, and then I'm on the other side of the fence, and I'm like, no, I go and plant seeds and create oranges and create my wealth, and I'm in control, and I can have what I want. I've just got to change the way I feel and the way I think and the way that I act. And the best way to do that is to model somebody who's already doing it. Suddenly you can create whatever you want. Something that, that I, I jokingly do with my son, uh, he's two and he's just starting to, you know, he's talking more and more clearly now and he just repeats things to me. So I teach my son, I say to him more value, more. And he says, more value, more money. And I was like, yeah, more money, more. And he goes, more money, more fun. And I said, so more value, more. And he goes, more value, more fun. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach in these concepts to think about money differently, to think about Absolutely. success differently, to realize that money is a currency that enables us to exchange energy for what we want or need to do. And when you understand it like that, you don't put emotion into it. You just mm-hmm. understand that it's this, it's this thing that you can use to trade and get the other thing. And if you understand Absolutely. that if you lead the game with value, then you have more fun you make more money, which is the thing that enables you to do more things and you have more a positive mindset. People talk about money doesn't make you happy. It's like, yeah, money doesn't make you happy. It's useless. It's a mm-hmm. piece of paper. But the ability to have a currency that you can turn into anything when you have the right mindset around it allows you to have as much fun and, and be super happy because you can understand it as a tool to create leverage and, and to deliver on that. I have mm-hmm. lots of fun with money because I can go places and do things. I'm not relying on the money to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I'm creating value using it as a resource as a tool exactly. for sure yeah resource yeah I, I think a lot of people have the wrong relationship mm, and perspective with money you know or about money it, again people need to change their relationship with money people need to understand that money first and foremost money is just the fruit it's the outcome of whatever it is that you know you're doing right but when you start looking at money and you start saying you know what money equals freedom when you start, when you start to change your relationship and perspective, money is freedom, right? Think about it this way: Oh, money, you know, money can't make you happy. Yeah, but it can solve ninety nine point nine nine percent of your problems, 
And if you have less problems, then you might be happier, right? So mm-hmm. uh, people need to change their perspective and their relationship when it comes to money. 100%. I, I see, I've been through severe depression, which is a lot of my backstory and anxiety and and things like that. And Same. it was the the ability for me to put myself into situations that that and my willingness to invest my resources, time being one of them, money being mm-hmm. another, to mm-hmm. create a change in my situation that has led to where I am. And Absolutely. so when we understand that the the resources we have and the allocation of those, I think that's a, a big part of the equation. And time's time's a big one. Time's a big part of that. Um, we don't spend our time effectively, most of us. I, uh, I I buy a lot of my time. I mean, you saw there's a nutritionist that literally brought my food to that trip, right? Look at this. I don't even have to go anywhere to go get my food. I got a guy that I pay several thousands of dollars every month that brings my food to me. Like that's the way that I operate. You know, Carlos, what do you do to save time? My barber comes to my house. My massage therapist comes to my house. Uh, I'm going to start with a yoga instructor. That person's going to come to my house. I have landscapers that come to my house. I don't do, I don't do a lawn. I think my time and uh, my skill set can be used somewhere else. I have a pool company that comes to my house. I have a person that feeds and walks my dogs. And all I got to do is have fun with them. You see, so I try to buy time as much as I can. I got a guy that comes to my office or my house to wash my cars, right? So I have more money than time. So what do I try to do, right? I try, I try to use that money as a tool, as a resource to level out a little bit, to buy, buy some time. So uh, that's how successful people look at my, uh, at time. And that's how successful people use money. Yeah. I was listening to Alex Hormozzi. Uh Do you know who I'm talking about? Alex Hormozzi from Gym Launch. No. Um, he runs Gym Launch and he works with thousands of gym owners. And I think they did a hundred million in something like three or four years growing this company. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking about a similar concept about flying private and why he flies private. Mm-hmm. And the fact is he could, he could uh, instead of buying the plane, he buys hours. And if him and his wife fly and it's, let's say $4,000 an hour or whatever, it's split down between the two of them. And then when he gets that destination, he's got no customers. He's got his bags and his cars are there. Everything's done. It's super easy. He can get on the plane when he wants, gets off and it's, it's, it's done. And so when he looks at it, people say to him, you know, that's a crazy amount of money. Like he could have just flown, you know, business class or whatever on a normal airline. He said, no, but I value my time more than that. And what could I do with that, that time? He's um, at that level. He, he's at so that level already. Micro, you know? Yeah. I, I have, I, I have flown private many times for that reason. Like right now I, I flew in business, you know, first class on the way to New Jersey, Delta on the way back United. I got this membership called clear where they scan your eyes and you walk straight to the front. So I'm trying to save as much time as possible without having to be, I'm not saying that he's, he's being wasteful because, you know, I believe that at some point, I believe that, you know, we're going to have to probably do the same as far as, you know, either our company will buy, you know, our own jet or of some kind, right. Cause I'm doing a lot of speaking around the country. So at some point, the money that I make is going to over like pretty much overtake the the money that I spend on flying private. You get what I'm saying? So I'll give you an example. If in the next three to five years, somebody's paying me $50,000 to fly to LA and it's costing me $10,000 to get there, right? And then I got another show, uh, let's just say in uh, Florida and they're paying me 100,000, right? Well, whatever I spent on that jet to get to California and then let's just say I spend 10K and then I spend 30K to get to Florida, right? 
Well, now, uh, if you think about it, I made 50K in LA and I made 100,000 in Florida. That's 150K that I made that was made possible because of the time and the resource of the jet. And I only spent $40,000. I'm actually up $110,000 for that day. So that's when people actually start to, to fly private. It's a, it's a different, it's a different, like for me, it was, it was flying. What do you guys call it in the U S first class, right? For me, first, first class. class is like the, the, the cabins at the front, front of the plane on long. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but we fly business and, and, and things like that. And we're going to Europe and, uh, normally you're an economy, you're, you're crammed in there. It's way cheaper, but you feel horrible. You get yeah, off the dude. plane. Yeah. It takes so long yeah. to get on like 400 people. Brother, I'm at work. Crap. I just had a four hour flight. Yeah. I was so comfortable in first class. Right. And I, God knows, like, I mean, I didn't get on an airplane until I was like mid twenties. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, mm. I just started flying a few years ago, but again, here I am at work getting work done. Right. We sold uh, a seat. Uh, this guy, you know, Mike, he's given us like $30,000. And all I had to do was talk to one of my staff members to allow him to come uh, to our event and with four other people. And it's like, I'm already up, you know, $30,000, $40,000 today, right? Mm -hmm. From just, just showing up because I flew, I spent, you know, $1,500 flying first class. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. again, you, you just have to change your relationship and your perspective when it comes to money. Yeah, hundred percent. It was a it was a game changer for us when we did that. We had one experience. We went never going back to to economy. And then after that, it meant that I had more time, more energy. Enjoyed the trip, had a bit of time with my wife, created more energy, which allowed me to invest in other things. I had more time. And I think Absolutely. that, like you said, like you might not be as you listen to this, you might not be at at that level yet, and even thinking about those things. But it can be as simple as, am I doing everything in my house? Could I save two hours a week? and a bunch of energy and frustration by not cleaning it and having somebody else do it and then use those two hours to see clients. That's what I did in my practice. I was like, do I clean my house for two hours or do I see eight patients and make mm -hmm. four times? And then you just pay the clean lunch? lady. You know, uh, in my case, we have a clean lady that comes twice a week and I think we pay her $300 a week. Well, guess what? I, I think I make a hell of a lot more money uh, than $300 than the $300 that it's costing me to have my house mm -hmm. clean. You know what I mean? Being yeah. at work uh, help makes helps me make a lot more money. So I think we might have lost some people out there that are listening. Like, wait, well, what's going on here? You know, because again, they're not there yet, maybe. Mm -hmm. But for but I, I believe that there are some people that you know we just shine some light into how this whole money game works. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I can go super deep with this. Yeah. Let's let's bring it back a bit. So you're in a situation now from where you started. And where you are now, you've got 27 businesses and seven of them are doing over seven figures. Mm -hmm. Give me some ideas on how you did that conceptually. Because yeah. for the listeners, I think it'd be interesting. I see it as you make a business, you get the model, it works, and you begin to replicate. It's model. a formula. It's mm -hmm. literally a formula. And uh, we figured that out after several years, of course, with our primary business, our baby, which is uh, uh, fixing and flipping properties and uh, we, we actually uh, wholesale properties in 48 states and we fix and flip properties in three states, right? Mm. For those of you that don't know what wholesaling is, is we actually don't have to do the work in those other 48 states. We just kind of find the property and give it to somebody else to do the work. And we make a huge check on just finding that property, right? Mm. On the fix and flip side in California, Nevada, and Arizona, we actually have construction crews that actually flip the houses that we, we buy the house discounted. We rehab the property. We list the property. That's what we do. Right. So everything we have to go through with that company 
right? And, and it was a very simple formula. It was literally like vision was number one, vision. And then we systemized the company, that's systemization. And then we automated, we automated that company and then we delegated that company. We started, we actually started hiring leadership and personnel to, to take on 95, 97, 98% of the day-to-day operations. I don't speak to sellers. I don't speak to contractors. I don't speak to anybody but my leaders in that company. If, if ever, I speak to my CFO more than I speak to anybody else. I speak to my asset director that handles our fix and flips and our rentals. And then I speak to my sales director, which handles the acquisition team. So after we got that formula down, we moved on to our next company, right? Which was a medical company, National Medical Surplus. Same thing, build, systemize, automate, delegate, move on. Next, solar, next, digital marketing, next, education. You see, we just formula, formula, formula. That's, that's exactly how we were able to continue to build our conglomerate or organization. There is a point where you sacrifice short-term profits for long-term. And that's a pain point for a lot of people. They get to this place and they're like, if I just work harder, I'll make more money. Time or money. Yeah. Time or money. Choose one. You can't have both. Time or money. I choose time 100 out of 100 times. I choose time. Now, when you play it right, you play play it right, you choose, and then you can have- I could retire right now in my 30s. I could retire Mm. right now, and I believe I'll be fine. Mm. But again, and why why can I retire? I don't have to be here. I don't have to show up. See, you can't produce wealth until you literally can produce income or money while it doesn't, like, you don't have to be there, like, in your sleep, you know, in your sleep Mm. from home. Like, you don't have to be there. That's the only time you're ever going to actually be able to produce wealth. And that's what we've been able to build with our organization is I don't have to be here. I don't have to be here. You know, I don't have to be here to, to, to do anything. You know, that the, the team runs itself, the machine runs. I can be in Hawaii for the rest of the year and I'll still get paid. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's, it's a different way of looking at things. Like we've talked about the entire episode, entire show. It's, it's yeah. thinking about the problem differently, thinking about the outcomes differently, looking at the resources differently. And all this comes back to is having the right mindset around it and making a decision that you're going to make some change. So I'm going to summarize those, those last five points uh, before we transition Absolutely. here. We've got make a decision. You have to decide. You have to cut off from all other options. And, and the way that I look at it and the way that I was taught through Tony Robbins is, is if you want to take the island in a, in, a, in a battle situation, you burn your boats. And the reason for that is you've made a decision that I have to take the island. Otherwise, I'm not going home. Burn the ships. And you've yep. got to do it. You've got to make a decision. Too many of us make a decision, but really we're still over here. Like We haven't mm-hmm. left. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm making a decision, but we're still really in the old way of doing it. And that's why people don't have success. They don't cut off. You've got to be committed to it. You've got to sacrifice. Sacrifice doesn't have to be negative as it sounds. Sacrifice is just choosing to not allocate resources here. I'm not going to watch Netflix go out with the boys, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to do this instead. And I did that, right? I'm only 30 now, but I didn't go drinking in bars and all that. I use my Friday nights. I use my evenings. I allocated my time. I sacrificed those things for what I was wanting to create. The fourth is work ethic. You can do all the previous three, but if you're not actually working effectively, then you're probably not going to produce a meaningful return. And the fifth thing is that you can work hard when you're working, but if you're not persevering, 
despite obstacles and continuing to go mm-hmm. because you give up, even though you're efficient when you work, you give up too quick. Yeah. You're never going to get there either. Dude, this is going to be such a good episode and there's been so much value in it. Where can our audience connect with you online and, and see what you're up to? Very in easy to find Carlos Reyes, uh, C-A-R-L-O-S-R-E-Y-E-S. Uh, on Instagram, connect with me there. Let me know you heard this episode. And uh, what I'll do is I'll send you a free, uh, a free copy, a free digital copy of my book, which talks about mindset, spirituality, and uh, uh, real estate. Amazing. So everyone just send him a DM on, on Instagram. Let him know that you've seen the show. We'll put this in the show notes as well. Uh, and I'll get you that. I appreciate you, dude. This has been so good. Thank Enjoy you, your conference. Hope you. it crushes. Thanks, man. For sure. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people, and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach, or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business, and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.